When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A little bit more like it. From the Lightning, it's the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert back with you to recap the Tampa Bay Lightning's 4-2 victory over the New York Islanders in Game 2, evening their semifinal series at a game apiece. And I think there's two reasons why we probably shouldn't be surprised by the result, at least historically, beyond the fact that uh, the Lightning are, well, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, one is we just don't see them lose consecutive games in the postseason, at least in the last two postseasons they are now 12 and 0 after a loss outscoring opponents 40 rather 40 to 21 so basically two to one and to cement that they are basically unbeatable when they score first and they scored first in game two versus the islanders they are now nine and one in their last 10 postseason games when they are striking first but you know to actually dig into this game specifically i thought there were a couple important developments for the lightning one, they just did a much better job on the attack. I'm not sure why it looked so much different um, from them through neutral ice and while they were trying to gain the attacking zone, but it was truly night and day in terms of how they broke down the Islanders' structure. And two, and maybe the most important thing, even if it didn't directly uh, provide them the, with the advantage tonight, they seemed to remove some of the discipline from the Islanders game. I mean, the Islanders weren't that saintly in game two. Uh, and I think a lot of that was due to the fact that they, that the lightning rather put a lot of pressure on the Islanders offensively, but also because they dragged them into the mud a little bit. We saw a lot of weird scenarios because there were a lot of penalties. There were a lot of penalties on both sides. There were a lot of, well, we'll talk about the even up calls later, but uh, a lot of coincidentals, a lot of, you know, penalty here, penalty there, even up calls, a lot of weird things going on. And it led to some weird scenarios and scenarios that are outside the five on five normal condition, which the Islanders thrive in. We saw four on threes. We saw four on fours. We saw power plays. Lots of scenarios that theoretically would give an advantage to Tampa Bay. Now, we found ourselves in a game like that because... Mainly because of the referees. They had a poor night, it seemed. And I think most of the criticism around them stems from one call uh, against Tampa Bay, actually. And it was Adam Pellick 
um, shoving Braden Point into Semyon Varlamov on what was sort of a almost breakaway that didn't materialize, but still Pelik had some urgency in his game and was forced to push uh, Braden Point from behind into his own goaltender. Uh, it was a bad call on the ice because really there was nothing Braden Point could do. And if you we have the benefit of watching the play over and over again, you can sort of realize that. But it was a tough call in the moment because, you know, he barreled into the goaltender. Let's be honest. He barreled in because he was pushed, but he barreled in nonetheless. And when you don't make a movement, whether it's, you know, extend your arms or try to move to the side or something, uh, usually you're flagged or tagged with an infraction because you went in so hard. But I think really, if you look at it and if the referees had a discussion on the ice, they probably would have decided that he went in that way because he was forced to go in that way and he couldn't do anything about it. Interestingly, interestingly though, the rule of thumb is that you never push uh, a member of the opposition into your own goaltender because it is a highly dangerous play. And it did knock Varlamov out of the game momentarily as concussion spotters pulled him from the ice. But it did pay off for the Islanders because they avoided that scoring chance and they avoided a penalty actually earning a power play themselves because Braden Point went to the box. And uh, the Islanders actually tied the game with that power play opportunity um, on a Brock Nelson goal. Another one for him. Um, but it, it seemed that incident had repercussions elsewhere because it sort of got the referees more involved. It sort of became a little bit more scrappy based on what happened probably. But again, it got a little weird and in the game got taken out of its normal setting. And I mentioned how, you know, those situations would probably uh, benefit Tampa Bay, but it actually did not play out that way. Uh, both teams did have a power play goal, and the Islanders scored at 4-on-4, four four, I believe, late in the game on a Matt Barzell goal. And the Lightning, three of their four goals came at even strength. Well, two of them came at even strength. One actually came at a 7-on-5 scenario, but more on that in a second. But what I think those power plays did and those 4-on-4s four and 4-on-3s four and all these different things and different looks that we saw, I think it helped set the tone for the for the Lightning. It helped the big guys get their motor started a little bit. They seem to be, seem to be feeling themselves a little bit more as they got to work on their creativity and sort of uh, do what they do best. And you know, before long, it seemed like they were in a position or a better position to factor on the score sheet, which they uh, did in fact do. Uh, two guys again were the catalysts offensively for Tampa Bay. No surprise, it's Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. Uh, Kucherov had three primary assists in the game, two of which were absolutely sublime. Uh, the first was on Braden Point's uh, ice-breaking goal in the game. Just a beautiful um, instance of deception and skill with a behind-the-back or behind-the-net uh, feed to Point out in front of the net, um, sort of acting like he was going to go one way, but turning his wrists over and firing a perfect pass, um, sort of backdoor, um, I guess not backdoor, but against the seam, uh, to Braden Point, and then maybe on his second assist, his second primary assist, uh, maybe the best holdup play you will see in sports this month, and that's saying something because we're going to see the best strikers in the world playing at Euro 2020, um, but Nikita Kucherov did what Olivier Giroud wishes he could do with some um, brilliant work, just holding onto the puck a little bit longer, a dip here, uh, a shake there, or a shake against a defenseman there, and it gave enough time for his line mates to catch up. Andre Palat, in particular, uh, caught up and received a pass from Kucherov after his dangles, his solo dangles in the offensive zone. 
uh, to put the Islanders back up and they would not relinquish that lead. That, though, was the seven on five goal, and the light and the Islanders were incensed by it naturally because it was a bit of a sloppy change. I don't know if it really affected the goal that much because Kucherov was on an, on an island for a bit and Palat was coming off the bench for players that had, uh, you know, completed their change. But the defensemen were still trying to get off the ice, it seemed. And, you know, they have reason to be incensed when seven skaters are on the ice for a goal. Uh, but I don't really think it changed much from the play so uh, I don't really feel like I'm gonna lose sleep uh, for Barry Trotz tonight Um, but uh, again I guess he has reason to be a little upset and maybe the referees will continue to be kind on the Islanders based on that clear missed call it is interesting though because uh, Braden Point is the other the other guy I mentioned as sort of the leaders offensively and I think he would actually be my Conn Smythe trophy guy in the event the Lightning do go on to win consecutive Stanley Cups. And that is despite the incredible point totals that Kucherov is putting up right now. But, point, you know, we got to give him his credit. Goals in three straight for him, seven of his last eight, and he now leads the postseason with ten goals. And beyond that, I feel like point this year is to the Lightning what Hedman was to the Lightning last summer. I mean, he just seems like he's always involved. He's always involved in the good things. He's the motor for this team, the engine, the guy that serves to be sort of the driving force behind it all. And for that reason, I think I would prefer him over Kucherov. But that seems crazy because if it does go that way, and again, if we might be getting ahead of ourselves, well, we surely are getting ahead of ourselves here. But if that happens and Lightning win again and Point is acknowledged for his brilliant postseason and he was right in the mix last year as well, we'd be overlooking Kucherov again and his prodigious point totals again. Going back to last season, he now has 59 points in 39 postseason games, all in the last calendar year. Just unbelievable. You talk about relying on your big guys to come up with points and goals and production, steady, always always there for you when it matters most. Nikita Kucherov is doing that in spades. Um, another positive development for the Lightning would be the fact that they got some goals from their defense core. Uh, Jan Ruta broke what was a pretty everlasting seal for a while, scoring the first goal from a Lightning defenseman in these playoffs, and then Victor Hedman followed that up after, I think he scored 10 goals in the bubble last year, uh, just himself. So he followed that up, so now they have two. It's a long way from the 17 they scored last summer, but an important development nonetheless. They need more scoring the Lightning do because as much as Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov have carried the load mostly themselves, they got to find ways to get more scoring from more um, able bodies. Um, the fact that we've gone this long without mentioning Andre Vasilevsky is probably a disservice to him, uh, despite how good the Lightning were and how they were able to implement their game more so than they did in game one. The Islanders were also doing exactly what the Islanders wanted to do. They generated a lot of quality looks from a lot from offensive zone cycles and sustained offensive zone pressure. It seemed like they were getting the opportunities to fire hard shots at and through traffic and with Vasilevsky in a bit of a vulnerable position. Uh, and he stood tall. Uh, I mean, a lot of those attempts were blocked and not, it didn't mean that he had, you know, these a crazy amount of saves and a crazy amount of hard, uh, hard work to do. Um, but I think he had better numbers than, or a better performance rather than his numbers would indicate after the game. 
Uh, and he did make one just absolutely brilliant save on Kyle Palmieri early in the game. And that's, I mean, we could kind of expect Vasilevsky to do that at least once in every postseason game. Also worth mentioning is Yanni Gord, uh, the third line center for the Tampa Bay Lightning, did not see a single shot attempt against in his over 12 five on five minutes. Uh, that line with Coleman and Goudreau have been drawing the third line or the second identity line of the Islanders so far in this series with Palmieri, Pajo, and Travis Zajac. And they, you know, they uh, had the most trouble getting through. Obviously, if Gord didn't allow a single shot attempt, they didn't produce much in those minutes against Gord or anything at all. Um, but he sort of had a, he's, he, Saw a little bit of everyone, it seemed, in the game, and it didn't affect his performance or his uh, uh, effectiveness out there. That third line for Tampa has been a large part of their story coming together before uh, the bubble playoffs last year, and they continue to be a major factor now with Yanni Gord having a great night and Leo Komarov not really having a great night. He had a couple tussles with Gord, and it seemed like uh, the Lightning Center got the best of those. At a very basic level, though, it just seemed that the fire burned a little hotter for the Lightning in this game. It was clear which team was more desperate, which team had to make adjustments to, uh, which team had to, you know, had a point to prove, I guess, which team could not afford to fall behind 0-2 with both of its opening games coming on home ice. I thought this was the well-crafted counterpunch that we'd come to expect from the Lightning, an elite team and an elite coach in John Cooper. Um... We'll leave it at that. Not much on the Islanders today. A lot of lightning talk, but this game was certainly about the, the lightning bouncing back and getting one win on home ice before it shifts to Nassau Coliseum. That game will happen Thursday night. And on Wednesday night, Montreal will look to salvage one game in their set against Vegas. Uh, might be a tall task given the situation that they have on defense, but perhaps Jeff Petrie will be back in the lineup and that will be important to them. We will break down that game Wednesday, and we will break down game three between the Islanders and Lightning on Thursday night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 